What are you willing to do for what it is you say you want? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and you can find me at choosetohaveitall.com. Now, in all transparency, I don't know how this podcast is going to go today. I've been waiting very patiently for noise around me to quiet down so I can have an uninterrupted recording experience. So you're just going to have to cross your fingers with me and hope that it works out because I want to have kind of a tough conversation with you today. Um, I don't have a letter. I know that most of you come to this podcast and are used to getting, um, you know, those Q and A's and, and where I, uh, somebody writes in with a question and I answer it. And I gotta be honest with you. I have seven emails sitting in my inbox and I'm not going to read any of them to you because they're all whiners and complainers. People who want to tell me all of the reasons why their dreams for their business, their plans for up leveling, their new marketing idea, their new program idea can't happen. And what do I think can be done about it? I didn't find a user letter today. I'm used to getting like, you know, up to 10 to 12 emails a day from listeners with questions, and I usually can find them pretty reliable to create an episode out of. And today I just wasn't having it and I'm not hearing it because over and over again, the story was I can't or some example of some perceived external obstacle obstacle was in front of the writer's way for why their business couldn't X, Y, or Z. And I really think we need to change our story because this idea of owning a business, I think the online messaging, particularly in the online space around business ownership, is a little too kumbaya. It's a little too, let's make it easy for you. Let's show you the easy path and just take this stroll down easy street and you're going to get your dream business. You're not going to have to do any work you don't want to do. You can focus purely on the work you do want to do. And if you don't like it, you're not comfortable with it. Everybody will kind of have your back and talk you into it and be super supportive because that's what we do in the online business space. Now, you're talking to somebody and writing this letter to somebody who was a brick and mortar business owner for 10 years. And I grew up working for my father who ran his own Subway franchise shop for in excess of 10 years. I think it was close to 20 years. And I know the way business works and business is not personal. And we have to do things we don't want to do all the time. It's non-negotiable when it comes with the choice to own a business. And I think at some point in time, people started swallowing this Kool-Aid that says it's just easy and you get to skip the hard parts, focus on the good parts, and the money just rolls in. And that might be true for some people, but odds are it's not true for most people because there's no such thing as a business that's easy. You can make a business effective. You can make a business productive. You can make the business efficient, but you can't make it easy. It can feel easy. It can feel light when you make choices that are consistent with who you are, what you do, and how you move through the world. But if you choose to be a business owner, you have to get your reps in and you have to take your lumps. 
and it isn't easy. And I was sitting here today <laughs> waiting for the quiet environment, trying to pick the letter that I was going to read to you going, I don't want to read any of these because they're full of BS complainers who really don't want to do the work involved in owning you know, your, their own business. They just want the money and they find that it'll be a nice benefit for them, but they don't want the work that comes along with it. I want you to start thinking differently about that. I want you to make a conscious choice here about what it means to be a business owner. And then I want you to ask yourself what you're willing to do to own your own business. Owning your own business means making hard choices, having hard conversations with people, and getting outside your comfort zone. A lot of times it means living outside your comfort zone. And I know a lot of people romanticize it because they talk about the time freedom, the lifestyle freedom, and the financial freedom that owning a business comes with. And just like I've talked to you about the work I've done for my dad and for my own business, I've also reaped its rewards. Right now, I am running my business from a hotel room with inconsistent Wi-Fi on the West Coast. And, you know, it's two months ago, I was on the East Coast running it from a different hotel room. I understand the appeal and I know why people want it, but it isn't for the faint of heart. It isn't for people who can't handle the storms. And I think we've lost something in the messaging a little bit. And I want you to think about owning a business means choosing to be the boss. Now, the boss always has the cushy office. The boss usually gets the most pay. The boss gets all the benefits. The boss gets respect. The boss gets what it wants. All of those things that come with being a boss, you get to have but you have to choose the work involved. And one of the things that I keep hearing about over and over again in these letters today were, I know I have to get on social media. I know I have to do more Facebook posts. I know I have to email my list. I know I have to learn how to get over live video, but I'm just so nervous. I feel so insecure. I'm so worried about how I look that I forget what I'm gonna say, or what if nobody listens, or Facebook is so paid to play that like I'm never going to measure up and no one's going to see my lives anyway or you know how do I even cold call when everybody wants an email I have no idea how to do what it is I want all of those kinds of questions I get it this is hard and I don't want you to think that I'm saying it's easy and you shouldn't feel the way you feel about it what I do want you to recognize, and I do need you to hear from me today, is that feeling, that resentment, that questioning, that doubt, that emotion, that second guessing, that comes with the cost of owning your own business. Bosses lose sleep at night wondering if they've made the right decision for their customers, for their employees, if they're going to make you know money this year, they're going to be in the red. That's the life of the boss. And owning a business means being the boss. 
It means thinking about the greater good and sacrificing yourself. One of the letters I wrote read today was that, you know, all of these people in flooded so-and-so's inbox over the weekend, and this person felt all of this pressure to respond on the weekend, but why should they have to respond on the weekend when the whole reason why they started to run a business was so that they didn't have to work on the weekends, etc., etc. Well, the answer to that question is, is no, you don't have to respond to people on the weekends, but they need to know that you're not going to. You need to set the boundary in place and your leads and your clients and your customers need to know when you're working, when you're not working, and when they can expect to hear from you. And it is not your client's responsibility to know your boundaries and independently respect them. It's your responsibility. So, for example, I have a Voxer plan. Voxer is a walkie-talkie app that allows my clients to reach me one-on-one through a voice messaging application. And they can message me whenever they want. They can message me at midnight. They can message me at 5 a.m. on a Friday night, on a Sunday morning. It's not their job to know my boundary. It's their job to know that I'm not going to respond to them off business hours, but it's my job to turn off the notifications on Voxer when I end my week on a Friday and not to open them up again on Monday. And to know, like it happened this weekend, that if I respond on a Saturday, my client's going to give me a little bit of shit because they know I broke my own boundary. You have to have that conversation with yourself. Are you willing to be the boss of your business and set the boundaries? Being the boss means recognizing that you're the one in charge. You're the one who's in charge of telling people what to do, saying when it needs to get done by, and what the expected results are going to be, even if you're a solopreneur or a sole proprietor even if you're the only employee of your company or business, you are responsible for thinking like the boss, for seeing the big picture of what the goal is, what needs to get done to get there, and the expectation for when those goals are going to get met, for recognizing when you don't have a skill set necessary to get you where you want to go, and a certain task or project needs to be hired out, when you're in the weeds, when you're challenging yourself too much, when maybe you're not challenging yourself enough, that's what the bosses of business and companies do. If you are choosing to own a business, you're choosing to take on that role for yourself. You're choosing to own it. You're choosing all of the tough, difficult feelings that come with it, all of the hard conversations with other people, and you are choosing to be the holder of the big picture and the execution executor. Is that the right word? I don't think that's the right word, but the person who's responsible because <laughs> you're not killing anybody, but the person responsible for executing and making sure the tasks get done. If you don't want that role, if that personality type doesn't suit you, then you need to decide how you're going to develop a business when those things need to get done and you're not willing to do them. Maybe you need a partner. Maybe you need to hire out a lot of tasks and just be a project manager. You have to decide how you're going to do it. But recognizing that when you don't know something, you don't get to skip it. When you don't want to deal with something, you don't get to skip it. 
And when you don't want to feel something, you don't get to skip it. But none of those reasons, none of those things, the feelings, the decisions, the conversations, not wanting to do them, not knowing how to do them, are not reasons to stop and quit. You can figure it out and you can move to the how. But the only way this works is if we keep you in the driver's seat of your business and of your life. You have to be the one in control. And when you give up that control, when you give up that decision making, or when you turn a blind eye to the things that make you really uncomfortable, you are failing your business. And you're failing yourself personally because you've come to this business planning idea. You've come to this passion project or this side hustle with a goal and a vision for who you want to be and how you want to move through the world and the kind of change you can create for other people. And you are going to have to take your lumps. You're going to struggle and it's going to hurt and you're going to cry and you're going to want to drink all the wine and eat all the chocolates or whatever your version of, um, you know, pity party entails, but you are going to have to stay in the driver's seat. You can't give that to somebody else. You can't expect a tow truck to come along and take you the rest of the way. And you have to look at the things that you define as problems. And my major problem with my inbox today was it was filled with things that weren't actually problems, but the reality of doing business and owning a business, the non-negotiable things that come with choosing to be the boss. So hard feelings come with being a boss. Hard decisions and hard tasks come with being a boss. What do you do when the feelings really do paralyze you? I think that's a little bit of what that undertone of all those emails were today. It was a little bit of panic. It was a little, I can't, I don't know if I'm capable. What if, what if, what if? So the first thing I want you to pay attention to here, and the first lesson I want to give you is the way anxiety functions. Those of you who don't know or might have forgotten my clinical background in the business, my first business that I own personally was a brick and mortar private therapy practice. My background is in clinical social work and I offered therapy for, um, you know, for adults for 10 years or so. So I, I know a lot about treating anxiety and the way to understand it for yourself is that all of these feelings, all of the doubts, the fears of rejection, the imposter syndrome, the shiny object syndrome, all all the syndromes that the entrepreneurs like to label um, really come down to anxiety and fear. And the way anxiety functions in your body is it's its warning sign. It is the system that sort of signals to our brain that something's amiss, that something's dangerous, that there's a risk. Um, and that's what triggers our fight or flight response. And a lot of times that's what's going into effect when people are writing the letters that they wrote to me today. 
when we are anxious, we're biologically wired to scan for proof positive that there's a reason to be afraid, to validate the fear. So we give it all kinds of energy. We pay attention to the website copy that never got us a single client. We pay attention to the hater comment um, that we see on a post we wrote. We pay attention to the people who roll their eyes and suck their teeth and look the other way when we talk about our online businesses. We scan and collect and almost record like an Excel spreadsheet all of the proof positive that shows reasons why we can't, reasons why we're incapable, and all the risk involved. We're not seeing the green lights. We're not seeing the symbols or the things that happen that tell us we are absolutely positively on the right track. So the testimonial that comes in that says, oh my gosh, so-and-so, you're just amazing. You did fantastic. And my life and my business are so much better for having know you. We don't talk in or recognize all of the times that people like and share our content on social media, we just focus on the people who hate on it. We don't look at the number of clients coming in. We look at the number of clients not coming in. And you see where I'm going with this, right? We, we just build that army. It's We're collecting soldiers. And every piece of proof positive that there's a reason to be afraid becomes another soldier in the army protecting us from risk, protecting us from vulnerability, and telling us, yes, absolutely positively, there is something to be afraid of here. Danger, danger. And we train our brains to give that nonsense a shit ton of attention. The way out of that is to stop giving it attention. To tell the soldiers to back the F off that you've got this and it's okay. How do you do that, right? Because that sounds a little kumbaya, and I'm not the kumbaya type, and I'm certainly not a morning mantra. Just think positive thoughts, and it'll all be positive. I want you to start scanning for all of the good. Every testimonial you've ever gotten, every positive comment, everything you didn't think you could do that you learned how to do, everything that worked instead of everything that hasn't worked. Start collecting and building a different set of troops. Troops that have your back, that see your capability, that offer proof com like positive of why you should be confident. Start training your brain in moments of doubt to scan for the good. Because right now, your brain is wire biologically wired against risk. So it is trained to look for the risk. In a repetitive pattern, over time, if you scan for the good, you'll find it. It's just really special the way the brain can work when you give it permission to believe in what's possible instead of telling yourself a story of what isn't. The reason why we don't want to do that is because it's vulnerable. As soon as we start thinking about what's possible, as soon as we start thinking we might be able to do it, as soon as we start seeing ourselves as capable, something could come along, sweep down, and just erase all of that hard work. And when I think about that, I, th I don't even think about business ownership. I think about my husband, really. Um, he has a spinal cord injury, and he suffered it right before he was about to start medical school. And um, he was a good ways into his training by 2015 um, when he got sick. It was the first sort of illness or 
difficulty we had as a result of his spinal cord injury in the first 10 years since he had been injured. It really, really took us for a loop. He was sick for eight months. It was five hospitalizations and six surgeries before we finally got him well. His medical school training was put on hold and not medical school training, his post um, medical school like the residency fellowship stuff was put on hold and he was just down for the count for eight months. And that's the last thing you want to have happen when you already had a delay in starting because you suffered a spinal cord injury and it can eat at your confidence when things go wrong, when you have to sit and look at what you want and what you're going for, and to have an actual obstacle stop and get in your way and say, oh, no, not right now, mister. Now's not your turn. You don't get to have this. The reason why you scan for the bad, for the risk, for the possibility of things all going wrong is so that when it does all go wrong, like it did for my husband in 2015, you tell yourself a story that it won't feel so bad. And I, it's nonsense. It felt awful. It was soul crushing. I was, you know, I'm the spouse. So obviously it was happening to me too. It happened to both of us. But when you think you're almost done and somebody puts an eight month pause button on what you want to have accomplished, it just guts you. But it doesn't not gut you if you anticipate it not happening. Um, if you go in with an open mind and an open heart and you get knocked down, um, it's going to hurt. If you go in guarded and defended and cautious and tentative and tepid and you get knocked down, it's going to hurt. You're not really protecting yourself from anything. But believing in the positive, believing in what's possible Removing the guard, removing the defenses allows you to move through the world with more ease and more sense of possibility, but you have to choose it because that's the other choice that comes with being the boss, that you can run a business and you can perceive all the risks, all the what could have happened, what might happen, what happens if, or you can be the visionary and you can decide what's possible. I've been thinking a lot about that in terms of the Apple company. They released their iPhone that's $1,000, and I can't help but think they were like, huh, are we going to lose a part of our market by selling such a high-priced phone? What are we risking by doing something like this? Are we going to isolate ourselves from our consumers? The coulda, shoulda, wouldas keep it quiet, keep the face recognition technology to themselves and all the bells and whistles to themselves. The person who's willing to take a risk and see what happens next releases the product and releases the development. They maybe make a couple extra dollars and maybe they don't fare so well. And I, I think that the reports on how Apple's doing with this are a little bit mixed, but it does sound like they took quite a hit with that decision. But that's what comes with being a visionary. And I don't think people are predicting the end of Apple from this, but I do think that they're going to have to bounce back, learn from it, and do something different. That's what happens when you choose to be the boss. Now, what happens when you get yourself painted into a corner that you don't know how to get out of, when there's a task or a series of tasks that you don't know how to do. That's when you lean on people who know the answer, 
the story that filled my inbox was that these are things they should know. And because they didn't, they shouldn't be owning a business. The good business owners know what they need to do to stay ahead of the game. They surround themselves with people smarter than them. They never want to be the smartest person in the room because there's nowhere to go, nowhere to grow, and nothing to do next. As a business owner, especially when you're a sole proprietor or a solopreneur, you think, and the story that's implied with that is that you're supposed to have all the answers and you're supposed to automatically know what to do. And I don't think that's true. In fact, I know it's not true. But as a business owner, it's your responsibility to build a network around you of people who do. If your business is making good money and you have the ability to hire a team, you hire people whose strengths balance out your weaknesses. But if you're brand new and you're looking at a whole lot of goose eggs on that balance sheet, then you're responsible for building a network of colleagues that you mutually help and exchange information with. You engage with people, you build relationships, engage in networking, and recognize that as the boss of the business, it is non-negotiable that you figure out the parts you don't know how to do. And a lot of reasons why people don't do this, shocker, spoiler alert, is to protect themselves from vulnerability, just like with the feelings. It's no different. They're so afraid of the story people are going to create, create about them if they don't know or if they don't have the answer or they don't have the magic pill that they, they don't ask for help. And they try to DIY it by watching YouTube videos, by living on Google. And that's the long way. Because the short way is to ask for help. Now, I'm in the middle of putting out a new offer for um, podcast listeners, my Facebook community, people on my email list. And it's going to be a paid workshop offering talking to people about showing up and showing for their, their business, showing up for themselves, and putting themselves out there. I feel fairly confident in doing this because I've learned a lot about sales and all of that. But before I did it, I ran it by three other people to say, hey, does this speak to you? Does this speak to the need? Does this speak to the questions people might have? I didn't assume that because I'm the person running the program, I was supposed to have all the marketing answers. I have the answers for people who don't know how to show up. I don't have the answers for perfect copy, for perfect layout. That's not my skill set. And quite frankly, it's not my jam. So I have to ask other people. That's my responsibility as a business owner, to know what I'm serving and to get help with the parts where I'm stuck or struggling. And that's what I want you to do, because I think what ends up happening, and at least what's reflected in today's inbox, is a bunch of people who are choosing not to move because they're afraid of what they're feeling or they're afraid of not knowing how to do something. And you have to get over it, plain and simple. You just have to get the F over it because these things are non-negotiable when you're choosing to own a business. You don't want to deal with this. You don't like this. This isn't comfortable for you. It's not your wheelhouse. Get out. You don't have to own a business. Nobody's making you. But if you were choosing to own a business, you're choosing to take these challenges on and to learn how to address them. So that's what I'd like to see in the next batch of questions. Heather, 
How can I? I don't know how to do this one part. I'm feeling this and it's bothering me. How do I overcome it? I can help you with that. I am here. I have got the out, not really the outstretched arm. We're on a podcast, but I've got your back. But you've got to change the questions you're asking because the story you're telling me is the story you're telling yourself and it's walking you right into a wall and away from the possibilities. When you get stuck on these mindset hiccups, a really easy way to get out of it and around it is to simply ask yourself one question. What would the boss do? When you remove yourself from the story and you just identify with boss persona, so it's not what Heather would do, what Jane would do, what Tom would do, what Sally would do, what Steve would do, but what would the boss do? The answer's usually clear. The answer's usually straightforward and direct, maybe just a little uncomfortable, maybe a little rocky, but it's what the boss would do. And if you're choosing to be the owner of your own business, you're choosing to be the boss of your business. And I know you can do it. You just have to approach this whole thing differently. I've got your back. I'm happy to help you with questions. Reach out to me with those questions. I'm totally afraid that people are now going to be scared to write me because I called out the 14 people who filled up my inbox today. But do write in with your questions. Write in with your point of view. Especially argue back, too. I'll get in a debate with you. I'll, I'll pull... I'll pull um, debating letters into the podcast if you'd like to and have that conversation. But reach out to me. Keep the conversation going. You can always join it over at Facebook at Choose to Have It All um, Facebook group. You can find me um, at Heather at Choose to Have It All dot com. And I'm really glad you're still with me at the end of the show. I called out a bunch of people. I had a hard conversation. So if you're in it with me till the end, that means you're willing to hear a different point of view. It means you're willing to have the hard conversation conversation, at least in the privacy of listening to your own podcast here. But thank you for your time and your attention. Thanks for writing in, having this conversation, and I will be back with you in your earbuds tomorrow. Bye for now.